Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Locked On Big Ten Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Ben Stevens. It is Wednesday, May 27th, and today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Since I've been home, my parents' home that I've mentioned to you guys a few times now, I've been playing a lot of golf. I've been getting outside. It's been fantastic. And every round I play, I bring with me a single Built Bar, and it provides me energy for the entire round. Whether it be nine holes or 18 holes, my energy is sparked by Built Bar. On today's episode, we have our schedule breakdown of our next team up in the Big Ten West. It is the Purdue Boilermakers. They are sixth of seven teams we are talking about in the Big Ten West, looking ahead to the college football season of 2020. It feels great to be back-to-back like this. You know, we started off this podcast with daily episodes. Then when the world with no sports came on, we went down to three times a week. But based on Memorial Day being this past weekend, we had a show yesterday on Tuesday, and now we're right back at it on Wednesday. It's a wonderful thing. It's an exciting time, especially because we are talking and looking forward and providing some optimism for the 2020 college football season. You see programs all around the country starting to have those conversations, starting to have kids back on campus here in the beginning weeks of June for voluntary workouts, what that could mean for fall camp as we approach that time. Who knows, but it is exciting, and it looks like there's some positive momentum. So I ask you to stay safe and stay healthy so we can see our favorite college football teams and our favorite college football conference, that is the Big Ten, on the gridiron this upcoming fall. So let's look at one of those Big Ten teams for the 2020 college football season and dive in right now to the schedule breakdown for the Purdue Boilermakers. And very pleased to welcome on now Drew Schneider. He is a writer for SB Nation's HammerAndRails.com. He coins himself your favorite contributor for SB Nation's HammerAndRails.com. And Drew, I can pleasantly say that you are my favorite contributor because you're the first person coming on the Locked On Big Ten show to talk Purdue football. So you earn that rank in my mind. I appreciate that. I've earned that rank in most everybody else's mind too. Don't tell the Hammer and Rails guys that though, you know. They're sensitive. So are you saying that you did not coin this yourself? This was passed on to you by the fans of SB Nation's blogs? Well, I mean, I obviously coined it myself, but the facts back it up. I feel like that's the important thing. In my book, it counts right now, and we'll put your expertise to the test here. We're going to go through Purdue's 2020 football schedule. I'm just going to quickly read through the entire thing so the fans know who the Boilermakers have lining up against them in 2020. It starts with a Big Ten opponent in the season opener on the road at Nebraska. Then the following week, Saturday, September 12th, back home against Memphis. The next week, Saturday, September 19th, at home against Air Force. Then on the road to end out September, September 26th, on the road at Boston College. The Boilermakers then have a bye. Then into Big Ten play, they host Rutgers October 10th. The next week, on the road, October 17th, at Illinois. Then the next week, also on the road, October 24th, in the Big House at Michigan. Then back home on Halloween, October 31st, to host Northwestern. Then Saturday, November 7th, on the road against Minnesota. Then a tough stretch for Purdue, Saturday, November 14th, at home against Wisconsin, the next week at home again against Iowa, and then rounding out the regular season on the road, November 28th, Saturday, against Indiana. So, Drew, as you see me lay out the boiler schedule for 2020, the first thought that comes to your mind is what? What a mess of a schedule, first yeah. of all. That's really the first thing that comes to mind is who made this? This was made... Uh, under uh, Morgan Burke and uh, Daryl Hazel. I'm not sure what was really going on where they're, I mean, there's no layups here uh, in the preseason. There's no real marquee games either. So right. they're all sort of toss up, uh, you know, Memphis uh, air force. It's just a weird schedule. You usually at least get one like Indiana state or ball state or like, 
Eastern Michigan, something like that. But uh, Purdue's all in on this uh, this season, so the games at least well, should be fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, normally in the non-conference, you get at least one game against a lesser opponent you'll be favored in and most likely will win. Those teams, like you mentioned, maybe not the marquee teams in college football that fans across the nation may know, but Memphis, a 12-win team last year in 2019, Air Force, 11 wins in 2019, and Boston College was a bowl team. So those, a very tough non-conference stretch for Purdue. So let's get into our four categories for the Boilermakers in 2020. We have Bet the House, the primetime game, the must-win game, and the can't-lose game as well to round it out. So Drew, let's get it going with your Bet the House game for Purdue in 2020. We're going to go with Rutgers there because, uh, you know, as a Purdue fan, uh, I would never bet on Purdue because <laughs> I've, I've had my heart broken too many times. I watched the, uh, you know, Purdue lose. Uh, they were up 34-17 last, last year in the season opener in the desert in the second half at Nevada and found a way to lose. Uh, so every game's exciting for Purdue. Uh, but I think, you know, Shano's back at Rutgers. I think they're excited in New Jersey for football again. Uh, but um, he's not a miracle worker in this first year. There's just been a ton of roster turnover. Um, who knows what their, it, the roster even looks like at this point. Right. Uh, so I think I got Purdue scheduled, uh, marked down uh, for a win against Rutgers. Is so our bet the house game is generally 100%. You're saying you're not maybe putting money on the Boilermakers, but are you feeling around 100% for Rutgers? What would you put the percentage at? I'm going to put it, put it at 95%. Fair uh, enough. You know, with the 5% being just one of those Purdue brain-dead games that has happened every year under Brom. You know, we lost to Rutgers two years ago. Right. Uh, and then we lost Eastern Michigan the second year, and we lost to Nevada last year. So there's no – there hasn't been any sort of – you know, comfortable games uh, where even the games that you thought were going to be comfortable have uh, turned out to be not so much. Right. Rutgers under Greg Schiano will have a better year, at least competitively, of what the product they put on the field will be. Will it translate to wins? Most likely not, in my opinion. So I agree with you that this is Purdue's bet the house game for 2020. It's also, spoiler alert, my can't lose game, the trap game for Purdue in 2020 because it comes off a bye week, it's at home. And so for that reason, I think it's bet the house because I like Jeff Brom. I like what Purdue will be doing. This could be, though, their first win of the season. And so I wrap in the can't lose category as well because if for some reason they were to overlook Rutgers or lose this game at the stage in this season, it would be terrible in West Lafayette. Just absolutely Jeff Brom's head probably on a stake outside of Ross Aid Stadium. So that's why it's my can't lose game also because as you look at the schedule, we've mentioned it's a doozy. There's not a whole lot of other trap games for the Boilermakers in 2020. But I would lean more so if I had to split those two categories, I'd say about 80-20. 80% bet the house is that game against Rutgers. 20 is their can't lose, their trap game. But I do like them as a bet the house game. I think it's their first win of the season. And we'll give it up for the Boilermakers to beat the Scarlet Knights in 2020. So our next category is the primetime game. The game that Purdue fans will have circled on their calendars for many months ahead, building up excitement leading up to that game. Who is that primetime game opponent for you, Drew, for the Boilermakers in 2020? All right, so I went back and forth on this one. Uh, mm -hmm. I got two games circled. This first game of the season and the last game of the season. All right, I like it. Uh, but I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go non-traditional here, and I'm gonna go with the first. I'm gonna go with Nebraska to open mm -hmm. up the game, open up the season with all, everything that's been going on uh, in the world of sports. Uh, I think everybody's just so excited to get that get the season back underway with. 
uh, the return of Rondale Moore mm-hmm. to kick off his uh, Dark Horse Heisman campaign in Lincoln. Uh, you've got the return of Bob Giacco to Lincoln. Yeah. And they hate him there. Yeah, and they do. He is, oof, man, on a cellular level. If you ask any Nebraska fan, they do not like Bob Giacco. So I can confirm. In. I can yeah. confirm that very much. Living and working in Nebraska for two years, covering the Husker football program in Bob Diaco's only year in Lincoln, he is viscerally hated by fans, media members, probably alumni of Nebraska as well. I mean, they just really do not like the guy. They don't like his quaffed hair. They don't like the way that he holds a mic for press conferences. He holds those clip mics like right up to his face. It's very annoying. They don't like how he says, make sure you got to contain the strain on the defensive side of the ball. They don't like Bob Diaco for anything. And Scott Frost also himself doesn't like Bob Diaco. So there will be some storylines for that one as well. Plenty of storylines. Uh, and both both teams really need a boost of momentum. Frost and Brum both really need to get, off, get going strong in this season because I think both of them are sort of in a weird spot. Uh, you know, Brom came out strong with Purdue, seven wins, then the six wins, and then last year with all the injuries, and they could really use a boost, uh, you know, and, and winning at Nebraska to open the season would be huge. And, and you know, Brom's got that one circled after, uh, you know, Frost has said a few things in the media about Purdue that uh, take kindly to in West Lafayette. And, right. Uh, and also Frost, uh, you know, he needs to start winning because he's the golden child. And uh, the, the uh, I guess, the reputation has not matched the results yet in Lincoln. On yesterday's podcast, I mentioned that Scott Frost is a built guy, so he has his built bars at his disposal. Jeff Brom, as you know, from when we used to talk about the Big Ten coaches battle bracket, is somebody I also consider a hard-nosed guy, an XFL legend now making his mark in the Big Ten. So you know Jeff Brom is eating built bars as well. And when you go to Built Bar right now, you get $10 off your first purchase when you use the code LOCKEDON. Yes, that is the code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, at BuiltBar.com for $10 off your first purchase. And here's why you want that promo code, because Built Bar is a great-tasting protein bar that literally tastes like a candy bar. Outside of when I use it for my physical activity, I just sit on my couch at night and have maybe one, maybe even two, because they're so low in calories, as a tasty after-dinner treat. They are fantastic. And you can go to BuiltBar.com, and not only do you get $10 off your first purchase, you can also customize your own box to be sent to you. So if you have a couple flavors that you think are best or that you want to try the most, you can customize those into your flavor box and get that delivered right to your door. That's what I did for my second purchase. I got my three favorite flavors. I got the banana nut bread, I got the mint brownie, and I got the peanut butter brownie. Those were my three favorite flavors, and thus I had them delivered to my door because Built Bar is the best. Low in calorie, low in sugar, but high in protein and high in fiber. It is perfect for the person that is prioritizing nutrition during these times and wants to eat something that also tastes great. Coated in chocolate, easy to chew, Built Bar does it all. So once again, when you go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code Locked On, you get $10 off your first purchase. Thank you so much to Built Bar and Drew Schneider, also eating some Built Bars. We get back to him in just a second. I love your call for Nebraska there. I think there will be a lot of hype built up for that game. Any game at Memorial Stadium on a Saturday during the college football season will always bring hype, just knowing how the Husker fans love that game. And for both teams, like you mentioned, two hard-nosed coaches in Jeff Brom and Scott Frost who need to start showing a positive trajectory 
to their programs, a huge game for both of them. And we'll have a lot of that excitement built around. I agree though, also with your second runner up pick for your primetime game, because that's my primetime game for Purdue in 2020. And it comes in the regular season finale on the road in Bloomington at Indiana. Can you explain to me the origins of the old Oaken Bucket trophy that they play for? Do you have any inside knowledge about what that trophy looks like? Because I don't, and how it all got started. <laughs> so here's a funny story. The old Oaken Bucket has been uh, the centerpiece of our Thanksgiving dinner table on a few occasions when Indiana wins it. Uh, my uncle, Mark, uh, former uh, offensive line coach at Indiana, now okay. he's basically Mr. Indiana football. So anytime you see Indiana win the bucket, and a big guy runs out on the field and carry picks it up. That's my uncle. Wow. So okay. I definitely, yeah, I definitely know what the trophy looks like because I've, and uh, you know, it's fun to point out that there's a lot more P's on that uh, chain than I's on it. There are. Uh, but um, yeah, sort of a family, uh, family deal there. Uh, my dad went to Purdue. You know, a couple of my uncles went to Indiana. So, uh, like I said, especially my uncle Mark, who coached and played there and is in the uh, Indiana Hall of Fame uh, with his brother. Uh, awesome. So, um, yeah, that's a, that's a big game for the family. I have a hard time really hating IU just because I know a lot of really nice, good IU people. Uh, but uh, put that aside for that game. And, uh, you know, we're hoping the Boilermakers win and Uncle Mark has a, you know, some nice flowers on the table instead of uh, – the uh, Oaken Bucket this year. The old Oaken Bucket. What's that rivalry dynamic like in the state of Indiana between the Boilermakers and the Hoosiers when it comes to football? When it comes to football, you know, some it's a little disappointing, honestly. Yeah, a little disappointing. You know, I went to uh, I went to Clemson, and mm -hmm. so that Clemson South Carolina rivalry. You know, you got to fight your way into the stadium and fight your way out. Right. And uh, you know, the Purdue Indiana rivalry. Uh, the fans want to win it. It's not always sold out. It's uh, they've been talking about moving it uh, to possibly to Indianapolis, mm. uh, maybe moving the date because uh, they have a hard time. You know, it's you know Thanksgiving and uh, Southern and Indiana is not always the most conducive for uh, nice conditions, right? To play, so they're talking about moving it to the dome, maybe. Um, so I think it's a rivalry that's going to pick back up. Another problem is both. Both teams haven't been good consistently at the same time. Mm -hmm. um, so you get a lot of just uh, runs like the Tiller run, uh, you know, when he was at Purdue and then when Hazel was there at Purdue. And then Braum won the first two and now uh, Allen's uh, won last year. So um, I think it might get good again because I think Allen and Braum are both at the schools for the long run. I think they're both going to do – a pretty solid job so we might be getting into a point where indiana and purdue are actually good at the same time so that should give a little more juice to the rivalry yeah it has been competitive the last couple of years especially last year what a great game indiana taking that one 44 41 but like you mentioned the boilermakers leading the all-time series 74 wins to indiana's 42 wins and six ties between the two for the old oaken bucket that's more knowledge than I thought you were going to present about the trophy. So that's good stuff. That's why we have you here. And that is why you are not only SB Nation's favorite contributor to the hammerandrails.com website, you are mine as well. That's why we have you. So I have the primetime game for the reasons you just mentioned. It is a rivalry game. It could be a time for Purdue to make a statement at the end of the year, upset who I think will be a good Hoosiers team this year, possibly a seven-win, eight-win team by, those two, by the time those two teams meet the final week of the regular season. So for that reason, the hype around it will be there regardless of how Purdue is playing. 
I think that will be the prime time game for the Boilermakers in 2020. So two categories down. We move on to our next one, the must-win game for Purdue in 2020. Drew, who do you like that to be? I got Air Force. I got Air Force down for that one. That's uh, that's a, We're coming off a tough opener at Nebraska. Uh, you know, I think if, if Purdue is competitive and loses that game, I don't think it's a big deal. Mm-hmm. But then they got to bounce back quick against Air Force. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's going to be uh, – I either had that as my can't lose or my trap game, uh, both, uh, depending on how the Nebraska game goes, honestly. Right. Uh, but um, I think that's got to – Purdue's got to come out. That triple option is tough. Um, Brom on we'll, – will get frustrated as a play caller on occasion, I feel like, for Purdue. Mm-hmm. And if they have to sit on the sideline and watch that Air Force offense turn the clock and move the ball, um, and like, who knows what this Purdue's defense is going to look like against that. Uh, you right. know, you got Jocko switching to a three-man front, but I think you'll see a lot of Maybe like he did it at La Tech, and you might see a lot of five-man fronts in that game and try to stretch out the line. But uh, it's going to be – that's a game. If Purdue loses that game, uh, that's going to sort of be the canary in the coal mine that the defense is not good and uh, that against the run, and some teams are going to pound him. Yeah, I completely agree. Regardless of who your defensive coordinator is and how long he's been there, that's a tough game plan to match for when you see the triple option of Air Force. As we mentioned, the Falcons, an 11-win team last year, played incredibly well in their bowl game, beating Washington State. They are building some momentum for the 2020 season. And you mentioned the two opponents prior to Air Force at Nebraska and then against Memphis. Both those teams, high tempo, high speed, spread them out offenses. So that's going to be a quick change of pace when they get back to hosting Air Force on September 19th. My must-win game comes in Big Ten play on Halloween against Northwestern. It is the last game, in my opinion, Purdue will probably be favored for before they get to that home stretch of Minnesota, Wisconsin, Iowa, and then on the road at Indiana. So this game could be, in essence, a possible toilet bowl for the Big Ten West in 2020. It could decide who finishes last in the conference division standings. I like Purdue to win that game and to stay out of last place, but I think it will be competitive at home, on homecoming against the Wildcats. It's my must-win game for Purdue because, like you mentioned, Jeff Brom needs to see some results. His teams have always played hard. He started out seven wins, six wins, and even last year with all the injuries that Purdue dealt with, they played hard. They were competitive. They were no slouch in any game. But at the end of the day, as Jeff Brom has admitted himself, you got to win games. So this is a game that Purdue must win, in my opinion. So Drew Schneider, not only your favorite contributor at SB Nation, but also an innovator. He brings a new category to Purdue's schedule breakdown here on the Locked On Big Ten podcast coming up next. So we had the must win. Now time to get to our final category, the can't lose game, the trap game. I already gave mine saying Rutgers for Purdue. I have a couple games I will discuss for my category, but Drew, for your can't lose game for the Boilermakers in 2020, who do you see that opponent being? Illinois. Can't lose to Illinois this year. Lost to Illinois last year. Can't lose back-to-back uh, cannons to Illinois. Right. Uh, because, uh, you know, that's – you can't do it. You just cannot lose two years in a row to Illinois. There's no other other way to say it. You cannot lose two years in a row to Illinois for a multitude of reasons, uh, including recruiting. Uh, Purdue wants to get into Illinois uh, a little harder and – dropping back-to-back games to Illinois, 
Lovey Smith's beard, I feel <laughs> like, is a big yeah. issue, and we can't lose to that twice in a row. Um, and it's just a game last year that Purdue out of and you said that Purdue, you know, Purdue played tough in every game. That's the one game last year that I watched and went, Oh, this is trash. This is not a good effort. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this isn't representative of what the team can do. So I think that is a, a gonna be a crucial game. It's a game that a lot of times is hard to get up for. Uh, a lot of times there's not a lot of people in the stands either right. way. Uh, and so, but it's a game you gotta win um if you're purdue uh and i i like the northwestern game as well uh i think purdue takes that one mm-hmm. uh fairly handily i think they can i think they're gonna outscore northwestern i think that's a game in your circle and say purdue should be able to come and outscore them right uh, but that illinois game you know illinois is getting better they're on the come up i think their their talent level is increasing uh quite a bit and uh Purdue really needs to sort of take back control of that rivalry. Dropping two in a row isn't an option. Hey, it can be as simple and direct as that sometime for the can't lose game. You just can't do it. That's why we call it the can't lose game. You can't do it. And hopefully for Boilermaker fans, Purdue does not do that this year because I also agree with the essence of where Purdue and Illinois are right now in the Big Ten West. I think you have a very deep division that the Big Ten West is, but I think you have some clear front runners, especially this season with Wisconsin and Minnesota. And then maybe right below them is Iowa right now. But then those four teams that made up the bottom of the conference last year that will be battling for that same positioning this year with Nebraska, Purdue, Illinois, and Northwestern right now, everybody kind of in a similar boat trying to take that next step, trying to get out of this group that is trying to become a contender for the Big Ten West crown. That is very evident in both Illinois and Purdue this upcoming season. And like you mentioned, for recruiting, a huge, huge game that the Boilermakers need to win. So my can't-lose game, as I mentioned, was Rutgers. But I'm going to say Purdue is the can't-lose opponent for two other Big Ten teams in this upcoming football season. And it's the second-to-last game and the third-to-last game for the Boilermakers this season. At home against Wisconsin and at home against Iowa because – You look at the schedule for both teams. The Badgers, it's right before Nebraska and Iowa to end the year, so they'll be focusing on those final two game stretches. And then Iowa is sandwiched for them. Purdue is between Nebraska and Wisconsin. And that game between Wisconsin and Iowa to end the year could decide who is our Big Ten West champion. So Purdue has the ability, especially a team like Jeff Brom likes to coach that can be hard-nosed and compete in these games. They have an opportunity, even if their year is not going so well, to play spoiler to both Wisconsin and Iowa's Big Ten West title hopes. So for me, the Boilermakers have a great opportunity to be a can't-lose opponent for two teams. And Drew, this is your first time on this podcast, but you came and you told me that you're a creative guy and you're already presenting new things. And you are presenting for Purdue's 2020 schedule breakdown a new category to add in there. What is that now fifth category we will discuss here? We have a close your eyes and pray category uh, because uh, Wisconsin, man, I tell you what, uh, they've just turned Purdue into like barely even a speed bump. Mm -hmm. Uh, Their running game is just dominant. Uh, And it's going to be interesting to see what Purdue can do with the new defense. Uh, The last defense's scheme did not work. Uh, Purdue should be pretty good on the defensive line. We'll see what the linebackers look like. And we'll see what Wisconsin's running game look like. At some point, they can't just keep plugging in all American running backs. Like they have to run out of them at some point. You think uh, so? Yeah. Maybe, maybe this is finally the year where you're like, "Wow, the the Wisconsin running back doesn't have 1,700 yards on like 
you know, 400 carries like they have for the last seemingly decade. Right. Uh, and so, um, but that's, that's one that are all Purdue fans just sort of watch with one eye going, Oh man, I hope this doesn't just end up with Purdue's defense just splattered all over the field. Uh, Cause that's happened. Um, and also that Michigan game, man, that Michigan yeah. game, they just, they got so much more talent. I don't, and they're tough. They're, they're <laughs> Harbaugh has been pretty good against bad teams or teams that he has more talent than. I won't say bad teams, but teams mm-hmm. that he can out talent and he'll have more, um, they'll just have so much more talent than Purdue on both sides of the ball uh, that it's, it's hard for, for Purdue to keep up. And again, that's going to be the defense. Uh, and if Purdue's offensive line can block them because Michigan always gets after the quarterback. Right. Purdue's offensive line has struggled to keep anybody away from the quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why we keep going through them at such a uh, alarming rapid pace. pace. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We just, everybody, everybody gets a chance to play quarterback at Purdue. Uh, so I think that's one of our recruiting things now. Yeah. Yeah. You may be the sixth quarterback, but you're might, might get a shot at the, to play. Who knows? Who right. knows? Um, which is make some, I always tell people it makes what like David Bell did last year. Amazing. He had four different guys throwing him the ball and he still came out as a freshman, all American. Yes. So Purdue, you know, who knows who gets to play quarterback, uh, by that time in the season. Um, yeah, last year we went through four of them. Yeah. Uh, this year, uh, hopefully one, they've got five, five scholarship quarterbacks on the roster. So, uh, that's a lot. Uh, most times I say that's too many, but uh, yeah. after last year, I think Brom would be, be real careful not to run out. Um, so, uh, Michigan and Michigan might go th- run through a couple of them. Uh, cause like, they always get after the ball after the quarterback. So you have brought the new close your eyes and pray category. A couple of opponents we haven't talked about for Purdue in 2020. We touched on Memphis, but I'll add them in there. Minnesota, and then Iowa. Do you put those three opponents in the close your eyes and pray category for the Boilermakers? No, I think Memphis, I don't know what Memphis is going to look like without Norvell there. Mm-hmm. Uh, that That is a weird thing with Purdue playing a lot of first-year coaches, Boston College, Memphis. Uh, did Air Force uh, change head coaches? I honestly can't say I know all that much about Air Force football. I'll have to do some research leading into the season. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't. I don't know if they have a new coach or what. I think they may have after that big, uh, big season, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Memphis Norvell's at Florida state now. Right. So, um, it'll be, uh, I think Purdue can win that game. Uh, they have obviously have a talented roster coming off that huge year. Uh, I think a lot of those guys are gone. Um, and so I got, I got Memphis is, is a pretty crucial game in that Purdue schedule too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I don't think we, we didn't really touch on Boston college and they can be a headache, uh, right. but what they're going to look like with their new coach and uh, Dylan's gone. Right. Uh, so Purdue handled them pretty easily uh, last year, which sort of surprised me. So uh, we'll see what that looks like again. Uh, and then um was the Minnesota is deeply, deeply concerning for me. I right. feel like Fleck has got that thing rolling, uh, coming off 11 wins. And it's sort of a Brom and Fleck came in the big 10 at the same time. Uh, Purdue had some interest in Fleck, uh, early on in that coaching process that maybe was not, uh, mutual. 
from uh, PJ. And so, um, you know, they won last year. Purdue, that was another game Purdue did not play well in. Uh, didn't really show up. Minnesota's going to be good. Yeah. They're good where Purdue is not good. They've got a big offensive line and a big defensive line. Uh, so that one, that one, I say Wisconsin, Michigan, the two games, like I, I put those in their own sort of category and then maybe it's just a notch below is Minnesota. Uh, Cause I think that one could get ugly uh, depending on how the season sort of get, gets there. Right. Purdue needs a little momentum coming into that game. Um, otherwise uh, I think that could be a tough one. So we've gone through the schedule now for Purdue and Jeff Brom in 2020. What is Drew Schneider's official record prediction for Purdue football in the 2020 college football season? That is tough. That is a tough, tough. I've been going back and forth on this all off season. I've had a lot of time to think. And, uh, you know, some days I wake up and I'm feeling good and I think we got eight wins. Oh, okay. And then some days I wake up and, you know, my wife has been uh, at work for three straight weeks and I've been at home with the, uh, my five-year-old and it's just really grading on me. And I yeah. you know it's a four win season. <laughs> uh, and, and so it's really honestly so tough to tell with this. I don't, I follow Purdue. I follow Purdue all my life. I have no idea what this team is going to look like. Right. Uh, on defense, what the court, who's going to play quarterback, uh, Ron Dale's back, which should in theory. That's a good thing. Yeah, that's great. The, the wide receivers are great if we can throw them the ball and protect whoever is trying to get the ball there to them. Um, the running game should be better. So I'm going to split the difference between deep depression and, uh, you know, overwhelming excitement and say this is a six-win Purdue team. Um, I think we knock off Rutgers, Northwestern, Indiana, uh, Memphis, Boston College, and Air Force. Uh, and that Illinois game is going to be possibly that next win. Gotcha. I like it. Hey, a six-win Purdue team this year with a positive ending to the year, getting a bid to a bowl game. I think a lot of Boilermaker fans would be happy with that season. So he is now the Locked On Big Ten's favorite contributor for SB Nation's HammerAndRails.com. It is Drew Schneider. Drew, thank you very much for your time. Tell the people where they can find your work because I know it's on some few other SB Nation sites and where they can follow your stuff on social media as well. Yeah, so if you want to uh, check out what I write, I write for Hammer and Rails uh, under my name. Actually, I actually write under my name for all the sites now. So it's Drew Schneider at Hammer and Rails. Um, if you're interested in some fun stuff, I write for the Clemson Shake in the Southland site, and I talk smack about uh, the, our uh, opponent every week, talk a lot of trash. That's uh, my job. You can do that when you're Clemson. Oh, yeah. No, it's great. See, I won't do that for the, for the Purdue site because I have to eat too much the next right. day. Yeah, the Clemson. You know, every now and then I have to, to have to take, hear it from the opposing fans. Most of the time, I can just look down at the, uh, you know, the rabble and say, oh, "We're just so much now." And rightfully uh, and so. Also, and I also write for my hometown, uh, K State. Uh, bring on the cats! Uh, so didn't listen to a little K State football. That's an exciting team on the uh, up up upswing uh, in Manhattan. Um, and uh, so, all right for them. And uh, you can catch me at uh, Legend of SM. Uh, Drew uh, Drew with a hard U, I believe I am now at Legend of SM uh, on Twitter. Uh, if you want to give me a follow there, um, and that's about it. 
Drew, appreciate your time. A man with a lot of knowledge across the college football landscape. We appreciate what he provided here for Purdue today. So, Drew, thanks very much for coming on. Thank you, and uh, have a good day. So thank you very much again to Drew Schneider for joining the podcast. His first time on. We love talking Purdue, so Drew will be back as well. And now we look ahead to Friday's episode. I know we have to take a day off in between each other. It was nice to go back to back and get that reinvigoration of the daily podcast. But alas, we're trying to space it out, keep you guys entertained. So we wait until Friday. But coming on Friday's show, we round out the Big Ten West Division our seventh and final team, and it is the Northwestern Wildcats. You might be thinking, Northwestern, ooh, they were booty last year. Only three and nine. Don't forget, the Cats and Pat Fitzgerald were the 2018 Big Ten West champions. So who knows what can happen in a college football season, and we will bring that excitement when we talk Northwestern on Friday to round out the Big Ten West before we start next week looking at the Big Ten East and the cream of the crop of the Big Ten in Ohio State. But Friday 1st is Northwestern. And if you've been enjoying what you're hearing on this podcast, the Locked On Podcast Network is keeping you entertained. We just had Chad Ford, ESPN's former draft insider for the NBA draft, that expertise, that guru. He is now a part of the Locked On Podcast family. And Chad Ford's NBA Big Board is providing you all sorts of entertainment and content surrounding the NBA. They might be coming back pretty soon, making dreams come true at Disney World. Chad Ford will bring you the latest. So tell your smart device right now to play Chad Ford's NBA Big Board, and it'll do just that. Until we talk on Friday when we talk all about Northwestern, have a splendid couple of days.